Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. A very short scripture this morning, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in clay pots. We have this treasure in clay pots so that the awesome power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. So Lord, I pray this morning that you teach us through this metaphor of music that we're exploring, uh, whether we know music or not, would you expand our ideas today about who you are uh, and who you call us to be and how we relate to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So today is week three. We're in a series called The Music Metaphor. Uh, two weeks ago, you may remember that Aaron sang and played piano for us. We, we led us in singing, Jesus Loves Me. And we demonstrated melody and harmony and dissonance and improvisation all as uh, examples, metaphors for how we can relate to God. We use the image that God sings over us and invites us to join in the song. And then last week, you may remember that Pete demonstrated tempo and rhythm as a metaphor for the the tempo and rhythm God has designed for our lives, that there's a particular pace which includes times of silence and rest for our benefit. Well, today the metaphor that we're using musically is a category of music that we call the wind instruments. Actual instruments today are kind of the metaphor, like you see them on the screen. By wind instruments, we mean instruments, musical instruments that you actually have to blow through to make a sound. Uh, So we might think of what we call woodwind instruments. That includes flutes and clarinets and oboes and saxophones and bassoons. Or you might think of brass instruments, trumpets and trombones and tubas and French horns. Uh, But we might also include bagpipes and harmonicas and didgeridoos and a lot of other instruments that you just you just blow through. There's a little more to it than blowing through it, but that's the that's the core of it. We could actually add a few more instruments that may not obviously be wind instruments. Uh, we, have a, we have a magnificent pipe organ in our sanctuary. And if you ever look at it more closely, you can see the pipes. But beneath the pipes, there are these big bellows. And as they're closed electronically, it pushes air through the pipe. And it's the air going through the pipe that creates the sound of the pipe organ. By the way, that's kind of the way an accordion works. Hello? Uh, Also, our vocal cords, in a sense, are a wind instrument. How do we sing? We exhale, right? And as we exhale past our vocal cords, they vibrate, creating the sounds, the pitches, which create melody or harmony. But even any kind of instrument that includes a wood box, and what do I mean by a wood box? A piano, that's a big wood box, right? The drums, big wood box. Acoustic guitar, big wood box, right? And what happens is, in the case of a a guitar, you pluck the string, a wire string, and it vibrates, pushes air into the wood box, which creates volume. Hit the head of the drum, it creates a vibration that goes through, moves the air. Really, all music 
is about air, the movement of air. But today we want to focus on musical instruments that require breath, playing wind instruments. Now, a couple weeks ago, we had Aaron on the piano. That was fun. That was nice. Good demonstration. Last week, we had Pete on the drums. That was a nice demonstration. But I thought, maybe we're getting tired of watching other people do it. So I thought today, let's, let's all play a wind instrument. But then I ran into a little trouble. Like I tried to acquire, you know, a couple hundred tubas, didn't have any luck, a couple hundred trumpets, not any luck. And since all of you don't play them, I thought that's just going to be the worst sound ever, right? If you ever heard a sixth grader learning to play clarinet, it's just horrible. So I thought I'll get something that we can all do. So you should have in your hand a little musical instrument that we call a party noisemaker. Everybody got one? Everybody got one? Okay. In just a minute, we're going to make some music. I was going to say beautiful music. I doubt that's true. We're going to make some music together. Now, Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Notice it does not say make a beautiful noise to the Lord. Thank God. Just a joyful noise. And in fact, I've told that the original Hebrew is something closer to make a loud noise to the Lord. So on the count of three, we're going to take a deep breath. Everybody got your instrument, right? This is going to be a great concert. On the count of three, we're all going to take a big deep breath and we're going to play our instrument. We ready? I don't see your instruments at your lips. I need to see that you're willing participants. Ready? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of enthusiasm. Very good. I I really thought I was going to have to get you to do that the second time. I'm not because I don't want to hear that again. And by the only way, the only reason I didn't participate is I didn't think it would be so good with my microphone. But I compliment you. That sounded really loud. That was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Today's message is based on a quote that I heard a long time ago from Mother Teresa. Maybe you've heard it too. She said, I am a little pencil. I'm a little pencil in God's hand. He does the thinking. He does the writing. He does everything. And sometimes it's really hard because it's a broken pencil and he has to sharpen it a little more. So, so pencil, right? So today's instrument is where, today's message title is, we're an instrument in the hands of God. Mother Tree said, I'm a, a pencil in the hands of God. And, and sometimes my pencil needs a little sharpening, or we might use the metaphor, I'm an instrument in the hands of God, and sometimes I need a little tuning, right? Uh, but, but the idea is that put it in God's hand. This is how Mother Teresa understood her life and ministry. I'm the pencil, and God is the one that uses the pencil to do the work that I do in my life. Now, that's an interesting image, uh, because if I just place this pencil down, right, and let go, what good is it? What can it accomplish outside of my hand? Nothing. I mean, it's pretty cheap to begin with, and and it can't do anything on its own. It requires that someone take it into their hand and use it. It's just a useless tool unless it's in someone's hand. But put it in the right person's hand, they could write a beautiful poem. Put it in the right person's hand, they can figure out a complicated math problem. Put it in the right person's hand, they could write a love note. Remember those little love notes we used to do? I like you, do you like me? Check yes or no, right? Like that check could mean a lot, right? right? In the right hands, it could compose music. In the right hands, we could, write, we could record history. In the right hands, we could draft a, draft a blueprint for a, a magnificent cathedral. 
could write a novel. I could sketch a picture of someone's likeness. We could write down some important goals. Someone special might write down their phone number. Or you could give someone directions to your house or whatever it might be, right? You put the pencil in someone's hand and something remarkable can happen that the pencil alone can't do. The pencil's functions dependent upon the one who uses it, right? Just like an instrument in the hands of a musician. Mother Teresa viewed her life as a tool to be used by God. She's not the only one to thought that way. Remember, there's a famous prayer that we say sometimes by St. Francis of Assisi. He said, make me a what? An instrument of your peace. Like bring peace into the world through me. And when he said instrument, I don't know if he was meaning a musical instrument or not. He might have. Historians refer to him as a, a troubadour for the Lord or the Lord's minstrel. So he might have been, but the same idea. God, use me. Make me the instrument that you work in the world. Or here's another one. Hildegard of Bingen once said, I am a feather on the breath of God. My life is dependent upon the updraft of God's breath upon my life. Uh, Makoto Fujimura is a a, a Japanese-American painter. He uses an ancient Japanese style of of, of painting where he he grinds pigments and paints with them, but in a more modern way. He's also a deep-thinking Christian. Uh, And he says, the greatest of art is created by laying down all things at the altar of the greatest artist. When we surrender all to the greatest artist, that artist fills us with the Spirit and makes us even more creative and aware of the greater reality all about us. Now, we're not all musicians, right? But this this metaphor applies, right? I mean, the idea of a pencil made sense to us. I don't know what all of you do for a living, but maybe you're a computer analyst, right? A data analyst. So maybe you'd say, "I'm I'm a computer in the hands of God. Or maybe you're a baker. You might say, I'm a rolling pin in the hands of God. Or maybe you're a gardener. I'm a, I'm a shovel in the hands of God. Or you're a carpenter. I'm a, I'm a hammer in the hands of God. Right? We, we all have been made unique and different, have different talents and abilities. God's designed us each. Or if we're just going to stick with the music metaphor, each of us are a different instrument in the symphony. And yet, it's the musician that makes beautiful music through them. I've had a habit for years that every time I'm about to get up and preach, the last thing I say is a prayer to God. Okay, God, it's yours now. I've done the preparation. I've got the notes. I've done the research. Now, God, you take it. You know what needs to be said. You use this now. It's all yours. And often I find that God does something in my sermons different than I thought was going to happen. This is an idea that's deeply rooted in Scripture. If you go all the way back to the story of creation, to Genesis 2, the, the story of God creating the first human, how does God do it? God reaches into the dirt, clay, and starts to form the first human like an artist might shape a piece of pottery. You may remember the story that the, the human, Adam, didn't come to life until what? God breathed into and through the, the clay vessel, Genesis 2-7, the Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breath into his nostrils. The human came to life. In the Old Testament, the language that was originally written there is Hebrew. 
And interestingly, the same word for breath is the same word for wind. It's also the same word for spirit, as in Holy Spirit. The word is ruach. And so God breathed ruach into the clay figure and it had life because now it had God's breath, God's spirit blowing in it like a musical instrument. Uh, by the way, the, the, the Greek word in the New Testament for he, the Hebrew ruach spirit is pneuma. And the, the, the connection is that the same breath that was placed within the clay figure, Adam, is the exact same pneuma spirit that conceived Mary, it conceived Jesus and Mary, right? It was the same pneuma spirit that was poured out on Jesus at his baptism and that continued to empower him in his ministry. The same spirit that rose him from the dead. The same spirit that was poured out at Pentecost. The same spirit, breath, wind that Paul says lives in the heart of every believer. The same breath that began in creation to give us life is the same animating spirit that continues to blow through us now, if you go to the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, I go down to the potter's house and I watch the potter and he takes clay into his hands and he shapes it. And, and, and when it's not going the direction that he wants, he crushes it and then starts again and shapes it into the shape that he wants it. That's an image of us, right? We're the clay in the potter's hand. And then we come to today's passage in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in clay pots so that the awesome power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. I have a pastor friend who used to be an actor and he's a poet. Instead of, he says about this passage, he says, we're all cracked pots. You heard that, right? We're all cracked pots filled with a treasure, right? It's, a, it's reminiscent of the story of Adam, right? He was, a, he was a clay pot that God breathed God's Ruach breath into. We are clay pots that contain a treasure. What's the treasure? The treasure's God. Via the Holy Spirit present within us. We are the container and the treasure exists within us. It's the music that God wants to make in each of our lives. Now, a pot is a container, right? You keep stuff in it. You can eat cereal out of it. You can, you can put water in it. I mean, whatever it is, you can contain something in it. But we're using the image of wind instruments today. And wind instruments aren't so much uh, containers. They're really funnels, right? They're pipes. You blow, you blow through them. It flows through them. I mean, they're actually like pipes. If you look at a musical instrument, they're all like pipes, right? And the air flows through them. Add a few keys and a few vowels and a few slides. You can do some interesting things. But really, it's just a pipe you blow through. Think about the pipes in your home, your plumbing, right? They kind of twist, you know, instruments are kind of twisted around, right, to make the sound. Well, they're kind of twisted around in your home through your walls and your foundation, and how does your pipe work if it's going to work correctly in your home? On one end, it needs to be connected to a source of water, right? And then it twists around all through your house. And on the other side, there needs to be a, a faucet, right? Without the source, without the faucet, it's not really functioning quite right, right? Or, or there's also pipes in your house that on one side are connected to a drain and the other side connected to the sewer. You want that to work properly also in the right direction, Right? But the idea is it's a flow through. If you're not connected to the source or if there's a blockage, 
the pipe isn't functioning properly. Same thing with a musical instrument. If somebody shoved a sock in your trombone, you probably aren't going to be able to play it very well, right? It needs a place for air to go through and come out the other side. Another image might be the arteries that come in and out of our hearts. Ellen Davis is a, is a biblical scholar. She says, if our spiritual arteries are clogged, cluttered with self-absorption and trivial concerns, the Holy Spirit cannot reach us or reach other people through us. Right? That's the goal. So that's the image. We're wind instruments that are placed on the lips of God and God passes God's holy breath, the Holy Spirit through us so that we can be music in the world. This is a metaphor. You get it? We are the instruments that God plays music to the world. About a hundred years ago, there was a woman that lived, I think in California. Her name was Myra Brooks Welsh. As a child, she learned to play the organ and she dreamed of being a musician professionally in her life. But early on in her life, she developed a, a rare form of debilitating arthritis. She at an early age became uh, wheelchair bound and lived in extraordinary pain. So she had to give up her hopes of being a musician. Well, one day she was in church. She was listening to a sermon that inspired her. I mean, can you imagine that? A sermon that inspires? And 30 minutes later, she wrote her first poem. She went on to write many poems, but this one was called The Touch of the Master's Hand. And it goes like this. "'Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin." but held it up with a smile. What am I bidding, good folks? Who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar? A dollar? Then two. Only two? Two dollars. Who'll make it three? Three dollars once. Three dollars twice. Going for three. But no, from the back of the room, far back, a, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow, then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening the loose springs, strings, he played a, a melody pure and sweet as caroling angels singing. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, what am I bid for the old violin? And he held it up with the bow. $1,000? And who'll make it two? 2000 Who'll make it three? 3000 once, 3000 twice, and going, going, gone, said he. People cheered, but some of them cried. We do not understand what changed its worth. Swift came the reply. The touch of a master's hand. And many a person with life out of tune and battered and scarred with sin is auctioned cheap to the thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin, a mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He's going once and going twice. He's going and almost gone. But the master comes and the foolish crowd can never quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that's wrought by the touch of the master's hand. I know that like just saying that you and I can be musical instruments in the hands of God conjures up all kinds of doubts and insecurities. I know that. Maybe even shame. Maybe questions like, 
why would God ever want to use someone like me? How could God ever use someone like me? What kind of lousy instrument am I? We forget who it is that made us. Who it is that formed us. Who it is that redeemed us. We forget sometimes the gifts and abilities and talents of the one who makes all things beautiful. We forget the capability of the master's hand. St. Ignatius of Loyola once said, a rough and unshapen log has no idea that it can be made into a statue that will be considered a masterpiece. But the carver sees what can be done with it. So many do not understand that God can mold them into saints until they put themselves into the hands of the almighty artisan. Or similarly, Michael Curry says, none of us can be perfect, accepting that as a great opening to let God be God in our lives. As that happens, though change still requires grace and sheer grit, hard-won breakthroughs and pushing back, somehow the Spirit of God's love breathes through us, constantly making us new. So what kind of wind instrument are you? Or are you just windy? What kind of wind instrument are you? Just a little noisemaker? A priceless flute? Cheap kazoo? Do you know that God wants to and can make beautiful music through your life? If we're willing to surrender. If we're willing to put ourselves in the hands of God. Let us pray. So God, as you blow beautiful music into this world, we're surrounded by it constantly, whether we hear it or not, whether we're listening or not, we're surrounded by a great symphony. Lord, make us part of it. Use each one of us to be part of the beauty you're bringing into this world. May you find within us people who are surrendered and available, and willing, and eager to be used by you, to be touched by the Master's hand. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.